Welcome back to the cinema, folks. I sure hope you didn't lose your minds over that new humdinger of a film. But most importantly, welcome to Double A CinemaCast, the most in-depth bi-weekly movie podcast hosted by two best friends, Mr. Anthony Dalpiez and Mr. Adam Schwartz. Every other week, a new film, from Alien to Rear Window, and from The Muppets to Jurassic Park. Give it a listen, give it a like, and be sure to tell all your friends about Double A CinemaCast. Welcome to Double A Cinema Cast. Today we're talking about Swiss Army Man. Yes. Uh, oh man, we've actually been wanting to cover this movie for a while, and we kept putting it off. And I feel bad for putting it off now because this. Wow. What were you expecting? Is you there know, a reason why you wanted to keep pushing it off? You know, I think, like, I I realize now, I think this movie is the one that pushed me over the edge of realizing this, that I think I judge movies too harshly before I see them in many, in many ways. Because, like, for this, I remember the trailer coming out and being like, that looks like a dumb movie. And, like, I, I love comedies. I love, you know, fun movies and all that. But, like, it, it seemed like... Oh, so the joke is that Daniel Radcliffe farts a lot? Now I'm good. I, I'm going to pass on that one. Uh, and then after seeing this movie, uh, this is one of the more emotional movies I've ever seen. This, I would say it's a comedy, and I, I want to get your opinion on this, of course, Anthony, but like it was, it was a comedy first, but also this really moving drama of self-discovery in a very close second. What did you think? Yeah, that's a great description. Yeah, just ah. Oh. So, what were what were your first impressions of this movie? Um, um, I had wanted to see it since it came out in 2016. I remember hearing about it, and just the concept sounded so intriguing. Yeah, just it's this guy who finds this parting corpse. Yeah. Like, and the whole movie is about those two. Yeah. And I, I took a few notes uh, when this started because this movie started off in a way that was very out of left field for me. Um, I don't know about you, but my first note I have here is very bleak opening. This, is, this movie starts off super dark. <laughs> like, yeah. aggressively dark. Um. Could you describe the opening to this movie, uh, Anthony? Oh, sure. Well, it's, it's Paul Dano's character, Hank. He's mm-hmm. about to kill himself. He's about to hang himself. Yeah. And it's it's implied that there's a, a, a boat crash or some kind of shipwreck that he has washed up upon this desert island um, and he's about to hang himself. Um, and... Then, but right before he does, he notices this body just on the beach, which is Daniel Radcliffe's character of, we later learn his name is Manny, um, just there. And initially, Paul is just like, or Hank's just thinking, okay, well, maybe I'll, I'll go, I should go over and talk to him. So he starts to step off the cooler, forgetting there's a noose around his neck, and then almost kills himself. Thankfully, the noose snaps. Um, and that was one of those moments where I was like, what's about to happen in this movie? Because, like, he ju- he steps off the cooler and starts to choke. And I was like, 
he's not gonna die but like are we playing like this man's potential death for a laugh very dark humor um at the start but but yeah then going forward it's basically this this journey that uh hank and manny go on together to get back to civilization um which is a very uh i would say under descriptive way of talking about this movie but it's it's basically the most awkward road trip buddy road trip movie you could think of Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's just so let's, let's get, I think this is more a movie of moments. And it's these moments of self-discovery, I think, that we can kind of parse through because it's really just these two guys for the whole movie. Yeah. Hank and Manny. Um, Manny being a corpse, a, a dead person who is also alive, but not like... What was, what was your take on Manny? Uh, I think, okay, I think at the base you can say Manny is a projection of Hank. Mm-hmm. Because there are things like Manny recognizes the girl in the, in the picture on the phone. Mm-hmm. Eh. So I'd I'd say that, and then, I mean, I think we, I mean that's a, that's the difficult thing because yeah. art is subjective, and mm-hmm. even if the writers and the directors had one had a, a, a sort of had their own meeting that they intended to happen, we can we can take with it what you will. Yeah. <sighs> So I guess the optimistic part of me wants to believe that that Hank actually like he met this corpse and the corpse actually did all like he was able to speak to the corpse and all these things and it wasn't just him projecting. But I think that once you get to the end of the movie, it becomes kind of clear that Hank was going through some stuff because at first we think that they're on a deserted island, but it right. turns out they're pretty close to civilization. They're basically in these past these woods. On they spend a lot of time in in these woods and then on this beach. Yeah, and so that's the weird thing is this almost reminded me. This is a very weird reference, or maybe not for some people, a very yeah. biblical reference um, of the story of Moses and spending uh, 40 years in the desert to make it to the promised land from Egypt. Right. And I only mention that because in other parts of the Bible, um, uh, figures, prophets, whoever, are able to go from Egypt to Israel or wherever the promised land is in like a matter of like a few weeks. But it takes the Israelites 40 years, you know, to get there following the whole golden calf thing and we won't get into the the weeds of of religion here but in many ways it that story is based on they need to kind of find who they are again before they can re-enter the promised land and in this way hank has to discover the way i took it is hank has to discover who he is before he can make it back to civilization because as you pointed out there 
he wasn't that far. And at the end of the movie, he takes maybe like a minute to run through the woods and he's right back to where we were for most of the film, which seemed at the time so far away from civilization. But in yeah. reality, he was maybe like a few hundred yards, maybe half a mile into the woods. Like he wasn't that far. Right. So. And that's, I think, the best part, one of the best parts of Manny, the, the mm-hmm. corpse that Daniel Radcliffe plays, is that Manny <laughs> says all the things that you quote unquote shouldn't say, but they're yeah. all the things that are, that Hank has kind of built walls around and yeah. all the things he needs to have conversations about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in many ways, I like, I can't remember if it was you who said this, or I, I, I looked through a few videos and like explaining this movie just to kind of get a few perspectives, but like Manny is almost the unconscious like the consciousness or unconsciousness subconscious you're the psychology person here but like it's manny is like what hank wants to do like what okay, hank so subconscious yeah subconscious yes okay like it's almost his subconscious coming out and being like come on just just go like go talk to the girl no one i'm right. scared to talk to the girl like oh well you know why are you holding back? oh so one thing we should get to it's mentioned been mentioned earlier farting is a massive component of this movie <laughs> um which initially is played for laughs it's played as like oh there's just this farting corpse which the first thing i did when man started farting was do you fart after you die because i had to know if there was some biological realism here uh and they mention it in the movie and yes uh when People die sometimes, depending on what is in their system, as the body dies and muscles relax. Sometimes you let you let out a little bit of, of, of a fart. Maybe it's a little re- last relieving of yourself. Uh, so that is accurate uh, in many ways that assuming Manny had just died, <laughs> he could very well have just been farting on the beach. <laughs> um, but come the end of the movie, the farts become this much bigger plot point and this much bigger point of even tension between Hank and Manny. Um, where Manny, the whole movie, is just letting them rip in front of Hank. Hank, we find out at the end, has been going off into the woods away from Manny and passing his gas away and kind of I, and you know, isn't that like it's incredible that the movie the movie takes this concept and like makes you feel something about it like it yeah. makes you feel that he's really like he's hiding parts of himself from Manny yeah and it's like it's so weird that it's kind of one of those and I think at the core the the point is it's you know we all do like we're all human we're all, we all have our flaws. We all have our strengths and our weaknesses. And y- you shouldn't be ashamed to hide those parts of you. You shouldn't be ashamed to hide, you know, whether it's, you know, your sexuality, your, your gender, whether it's your, you know, your religious beliefs, your political beliefs, like whatever it is about you, you don't be ashamed of who you are. Be proud of who you are and don't try to hide things. Um, because we see that even between a living man and a corpse, 
there can be tension when you hide parts of yourself. Um, yeah. It was just such a, a unique take on that idea of like hiding oneself or being untrue to oneself. Um, that in retrospect was genius, I think. So. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah, it's something you're right that we, that we all do. Mm-hmm. And you, yeah, I don't want to get too much into how flatulence works and digestive systems work. Right. But uh, I know in an NPR move interview with the writers, mm-hmm. the interviewer said, um, so far, the interviewer goes, so farting as a metaphor for freedom. And then one of the writers said, the bo- so the body is kind of like a metaphor for the human experience in general. And he goes mm-hmm. on to say, we all have to fart every day and decide when and where to do it. But that became kind of interesting to us on an academic level as well, because we have these thoughts and what we do with our thoughts and we had to make decisions every day. We felt like that was meaty enough to warrant a story. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. And and with you were saying, you, a lot of this is played for laughs. Like, oh my gosh, that opening after Hank decides he's not going to kill himself. And you see, because you, you see Manny's body is washing back into the ocean, and mm-hmm. he goes to grab Manny, and then he proceeds to ride in like a jet ski. <laughs> yeah. And, like, there's, oh my God, that the way that scene is set up, where you, where you see him, he grabs, he grabs Manny's tie, and then mm-hmm. he has the noose, and he wraps around him, and just, like, seeing Hank's conviction of, like, like i know exactly what to do just oh my god it's like one of the funniest images ever it's it's beautiful because you have hank who's now in many ways like decided i'm not i'm going to live and i need to start by getting to civilization but then like you see his happiness like he's smiling he's like riding this jet ski of a man and then you have the close-up of Daniel Radcliffe's dead face, just water splashing in it. Yeah. Open, just <laughs> seawater going like... And something you mentioned um, before we started recording is that they had made a dummy of Daniel, of Manny, of Daniel Radcliffe's character um, for, the, yeah. for the more dangerous situations. Um, there's one where he like farts on a fire, flips and scares off a bear, which is also <laughs> just amazing. Um, Radcliffe himself was like, no, I want to be there. I want to do it. So I'm just wondering, like, what kind of mechanism they built to have Radcliffe zipping through the water, or at least have that close-up shot of just water splashing in his face. Because that was... That was beautiful. That was... This movie should have won Oscars. But it was was gorgeous. Just the absurdity (laughs) of this whole thing. Yeah, and, and something f- funny is that I, I just even see, think a couple minutes later when Hank is carrying Manny up kind of a hill and they're going into the woods and he's talking to himself and kind of Manny and this is before Manny starts talking back to him. But 
he says he mentions about riding him like a jet ski and just i don't know just that character referencing it out loud i also think is just hysterical i just can't get over that yeah just yeah the this movie does in many ways it, it lends itself and i will not stay in the world of academia for long i promise but my undergrad, uh, I took a course on theater of the absurd and mm-hmm. how there are many plays out there that have these ab- absurd or outlandish uh, concepts that end up being really deep or emotional or very philosophical. And this, I feel like, in many ways, you could adapt this movie. You have to change a few things, but you could very much adapt it into a stage production, I think. Just a two-man show of a corpse and a man trying to find himself. And like, this was, it felt very, just, I guess because it was just those two guys, other than some of the camera work and some of the music, like this felt very theatrical to me and granted the world of like theater. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was this, I can see this movie being analyzed in the future, like in film courses or, even in like theater of the absurd type situations, because this movie so geniusly at the end comes full circle and it's, it almost hits you all at once. Um, when Manny is like, when they get into the tree right before the bear attack, um, hits you all at once what this movie's really been about. It's not about, you know, this guy trying to survive with a Swiss army man who can do anything. Um, I will say this though about Manny's powers. The one that consistently grossed me out was Paul Dano drinking the water coming out of Manny, because all I could think was just like maybe he just has a lot of built-up saliva, and that's so disgusting. That was the one part I'm like, mm, don't well, do that. Or he kept filling up with rainwater, so that's what. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's like, it's still it's still gross. Yeah, just still like. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> oh, that's what, and this movie, this movie's so good because it it's, it it talks about stuff that's so deep, but it also just the absurdity, the the things that that man he does. <laughs> my my favorite shot, or my favorite scene, or I guess moment, is where they where Hank uses Manny as like a grappling hook. Like a, like yes, a, a grapple gun, yeah. Yeah, because he shoves like a crutch like down yeah. his throat and you hear like a like a, a locking noise and I'm like, oh my God. I know. Oh. I, know. That was... I was saying, we should, we should come up with a list of all of the uses that Manny was able to do in this movie. Okay, so. He, he, was, he was used as a machine gun at one point. Machine gun? Grappling hook. He was a shower. Yep. And that's the other funny thing is because uh, Hank isn't delicate with him. <laughs> he uses him. No. Like just when he when he's using him as the shower, he he throws him onto a branch and then ties him up real quick and then pulls down and this water comes out of his mouth. And like there's the part where he's almost like a like a karate chopping like a like an axe. Yes. His, his arm like comes around and he's like throwing Manny around so <laughs> we have machine gun we have grappling hook we have shower we have axe and with the axe there's one point where they're 
it's in that montage when he starts starts you realizing he has this feature and there's there's this big pile of logs and he uses his legs so he makes Manny do this real quick flip thing. Yeah. Forward flip. Oh uh, my god. Like he's a razor at one point. Oh, that might have been the funniest image. Seeing him being used as a razor with his teeth. Yeah. Oh my god. He got a really close shave with that. He did. I mean, damn, Daniel Radcliffe's been brushing good, keeping those those chompers nice and healthy. Yeah. Like one one other thing that really got me about this movie is it was also very self-aware. Now I watched this movie uh with the subtitles on. I don't typically do that. Uh Uh-huh. But something compelled me to watch it with the subtitles i'm like i feel like this will be important okay and i'm glad i did because all of the music is self-referential to what's happening in the movie all of the lyrics of all the kind of music throughout the whole thing is referencing stuff that's happening in the movie as it's happening okay explain give me an example so like there was one whereas you mentioned the montage um, where he's like chopping things and using a grappling hook, um, where like the lyrics were like, "We're all here together. We are using my new skills. I'm learning. We are here in the woods together." And it keeps going, and at the very last lyrics like, "All it took was a big montage to figure out all of this shit." Yay! And like those are the lyrics to the music that's happening, and I'm like, "This is so genius." <laughs> what? I did not yeah. know that. Hang on. I'm going to see if I can find movie music lyrics. Let me see if I can... Okay. Yeah, the song is called Montage. <laughs> um, okay. Um, so it starts off with pop, popcorn, pop, popcorn, pop, 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 popcorn, pop, popcorn, popcorn, then montage, 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 montage. Ah, da 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 da. Ah, da 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 da. Montage, montage. Now we killed a raccoon. We are using your body like it's a machine gun. Now we are shooting some fish. Our friendship is blossoming. Let's eat the stuff we killed. Now we started a fire. I have to admit, I'm enjoying your company. Are we falling in love? All we ever needed was a montage. I'm hanging from vines and I'm dancing. Da 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 dancing. Woo woo. True friendship montage, montage, montage. All we ever needed was a montage. So those are that's the music in the movie. So like absolute genius. Yeah. Just amazing. Um and it's funny, the composer and writer of those songs actually cameos in the movie. Uh the composer's name is Andy Hull, and he is the news cameraman at the end right that's right i did read that that's so crazy. uh so yeah what a, what a fun movie and like it's it's both deep and it's also like very irreverent it's just this goofy again strange road trip-esque movie um but yeah just wow it's good, isn't it? Oh, so good. So um, I know Jurassic Park is in your top five movies. It is. And I'm glad they reference it so much in this movie. <laughs> um, I did inadvertently find myself humming along 
uh, to the Jurassic Park theme when they were, when he was, I don't remember what the context was. But he was it, w- it was in, because I just rewatched that scene before I recorded. Mm-hmm. It was when he is trying to get Manny to remember what it was like to be alive and he shows him the Cheetos. That's and right. Then he's, and then he's at, asking him, do you remember it? And then mm-hmm. he starts to, to do the ba da 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 Yeah. And then, and then, and then um, Hank references like, oh, so you remember Jurassic Park? He goes, what? He goes, Jurassic Park. He goes, and then <laughs> he doesn't know what that is. He's like, but you were just singing the song. He's like, I was? Huh? What's Jurassic Park? <laughs> yeah. I loved, so looking at some of the trivia here on IMDb, um, there's that puppet show that Manny or Hank does for Manny um, with like the different like stick figures and the shadows and all that. And so we have Jurassic Park, we have E.T. And we also have a guy riding on a broomstick. So of course there's your Harry Potter reference because as much as I love Daniel Radcliffe, I think he's an amazing actor. He will forever and always be Harry Potter to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was fun. And also, this movie only took 22 days to film. Hmm. Like, that's impressive. That is quick. For just less than a month, done. Um, But yeah. Wow. So good. Yeah. But I figured you'd really like the Jurassic Park part. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... So, looking at some of the other trivia here that I think is kind of just little fun tidbits here. Um, this is the second time uh, in a row that Mary Elizabeth Winstead's last line in a film is the word fuck. The first time being 10 Cloverfield Lane, which came out earlier in 2016. Okay. I still haven't seen that. I have not either. I still haven't um, seen the first Cloverfield. Yeah, I have. We should watch Cloverfield. We should do that. Uh, I have yet to get around to those. Um, that's Abrams, right? I think. Maybe. I don't know. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah, the first one at least, I think. Um, so here's one. This one like threw me for a loop because I was like, are they referencing something in the movie? Yeah. Uh, the coroner at the end of the movie looks at Paul Dano and says, you look familiar. And I was like, is that a reference? Like, were we supposed to have seen the corner early in the movie that I missed it? So apparently Shane Carruth, or Carruth, or Carruth, I don't know how you say his name, Shane Carruth, directed Primer and Upstream Color, both movies in which Paul Dano has appeared. And so he cameos in there and basically is just straight up like, hey, you look like Paul Dano, <laughs> pretty much. Um, I see. Gotcha. Yeah. And also, apparently, uh, Daniel Radcliffe claims to have not contributed a single fart to the soundtrack of this movie. I saw that. Yeah, a bunch of the cast and a bunch of the crew, really, because there's not too big of a cast contributed to it. Oh my gosh. What was that like recording it? I don't really want to know. No. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, with not getting into details there. (laughs) <laughs> and and I think that this is an excellent case of a movie that with such a goofy premise, again, we mentioned it before, like it's such a 
deep and moving film at, mm-hmm. at the end. Um, also, I'd love to see the sequels to Starman Man 2, The Adventures of Manny. Um, he just goes into the ocean and he's just like, bye everyone. I'm going to fart my way out to sea. <laughs> like, I would like to think that, that Manny is almost like Mary Poppins and he, he goes around and saves people from, from themselves and helps people discover who they are by washing up on shore at convenient times. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> he's, he's like a fairy. Yeah. Or a genie who's there when people need him most. But he's still just, he's just a corpse. He's just a corpse that farts. Uh, but right, right. also, he is magical and he is sentient, but he's still, he's still dead. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> oh, so this movie premiered at the Sundance Film Festival. And apparently half the theater walked out um, of this movie because of the amount of fart jokes that people were like, no, we're not going to sit and watch this movie. We have class. I, mean, uh, I can imagine that, yeah. Which, like, 40 torty film critics and stuff. Yeah. Like, I did not come to this film festival to see fart jokes. But, no, it's, it's, it's fun. And also, it's a beautifully shot movie, in my opinion. There were some really gorgeous shots. Yeah. In this film... And like the color grading and some of the cinematography was just so well done, especially those montage shots. I know I referenced that earlier, but um, like it's so beautiful, but also manages to stay absurd at the same time. Right. Um, I thought of another point where it's kind of self-referential. Hmm. Um, where when Hank again is is trying to get Manny to remember what eating Cheetos was like. And mm-hmm. Manny just isn't getting it. Hank says something along the lines of, like, basically how it would be how it should be shot. Him remembering, and he's like, and it ends with the camera pushes in, and then there's a smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> music That's... plays. Oh, yeah, it's so so good. And also, I loved that the because the movie almost looks like a, a it tricks you in a way. Because it starts off by being like, oh, well, he's going to go and find love. And he's going to go and get with Sarah. And he's going to build the courage to talk to her. And there we go. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it, it ends up being that Hank learns who he is, learns that he can be more than what he's been told his whole life. Um, and, and it's basically just like, yes, I'm... I'm here and I'm, this is who I am, but I don't need Sarah to be complete. Right. And, and he even says, because he, he ends up in Sarah's backyard Mm -hmm. and then they find his phone has pictures of Sarah on it. And Mm -hmm. you you find out that they rode the bus together every day. Mm -hmm. He snapped creeper pics of her. But yeah. because he was basically jealous of her happiness. Yeah, like it, like it's, it's not good what Hank did. Like we're not condoning. Like, well, if it's for purely emotional reasons of, well, they seem happy. Um, we here at Double Cinema Cast do not condone stalking in any of its forms. Um, <laughs> but like, you initially think like, oh, maybe he is a bit of a creep. Like maybe he is like this really lonely, you know, weird guy. 
But then that that line where he she holds up the phone to him and is like, "Why are all these pictures of me on your phone?" And he's just like, without missing a beat, like, "You seemed happy and I wasn't." Yeah. And it's that is more heart like that's heartbreaking, like, especially I guess especially now because given where the world is and we won't get into details, but given everything that's happening, you know, just someone someone's only desire being just happiness mm-hmm. it's it's very it's so pure and innocent of a desire and it's yeah it's really beautiful um it's it's bittersweet yeah because this movie i think it's about it's 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 someone who is so deeply lonely mm-hmm. and can't even express that to anyone because yeah. then that'll make them even more of an outsider you know when you have you have something like that and then if you if you if you share that with someone then it just makes them not want to be with you even more yeah it's it's this you know we you know we talk about it and i'm sure you talk about it in 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 your line of work Um, i know i have um with some of the students i've worked with but like there's almost this kind of societal expectation of like, we're all happy all the time. And like, we never really express how we're feeling. Like, it might be a uniquely American thing, but you know, it's that kind of trope of, oh, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm fine. Oh, I'm good. Like very rarely, unless you are really close to that person or you're just really feeling the feels that day, would you ever say like, I'm not doing so good. You know, right. I'm not, I'm bad today I am bad or I'm sad or I'm angry. You know, it's right. like, oh, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm okay. Yeah. You know? And yeah, it's so, he come to the end of this movie, Hank really has become his own person and he's grown beyond this shell that he's put up or the shield he's put up um, to the point that he is getting arrested and just just lets lets it out just lets it out in front of the officer um and we is not yeah and and the people around are kind of disgusted or embarrassed by it but we as an audience are like this is a this is real character growth yes it's like you did it yes you farted in front of someone (laughs) and and i love that they did that because then it's so genius for the last last release of gas of the movie where the officer's like oh come on really again and hank's like that wasn't me (laughs) we we, we look back and manny's body is just convulsing under the pressure of the farts (laughs) and like (laughs) off he zips into the ocean yeah Um, and okay so here's a question i have because we know that that manny I, i think that we can agree that manny it represents the subconscious or part of Hank that he is embarrassed by or afraid of. Mm-hmm. The end of this movie is this, were the events of this film real or in Hank's head? I feel like I have to say in Hank's head. Okay. Because like I feel like the evidence all points towards that with mm-hmm. like 
the fact that they were just they were so close to civilization like they were what like within feet miles of of houses in fact the woman on who who uh he shared a bus with her house and then Mm -hmm. the fact that in a lot of their dialogue it's very quick back and forth Mm -hmm. like Manny will say something and hank will respond right away and or hank will say something Manny will respond right away Mm -hmm. okay so here's i guess the follow-up then is the ending of this movie where we see manny head out to ocean does that really happen or is that like what hank is hoping is happening and maybe manny's body just washed away yeah that's so i i think that totally manny existed he washed up and Hank was able to work out his problems through Manny. And I, I'd even go as far to say as he was a farting corpse too. <laughs> fair. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, but then I guess if you're really looking at it, if you if you want to say, well, actually it's not all symbolism, well, how did Hank shave himself? Because he's clean shaven at the end. So right. did, maybe, maybe you could argue Manny actually did all that stuff. Yeah, like it. It very much had the kind of like Alice in Wonderland, Wizard of Oz vibes for me at the end, where it's kind of like, where have you been, or what's been going on? Oh, I went to Oz, went to Wonderland. There was, you know. This this lion and a, a tin man and a scarecrow and there was a wizard and a witch and it's like that wasn't real, and then like I don't know you look off into the distance and you see like the wicked witch flying on a broom and it's like oh my gosh there yeah it's real, but like that's what I kind of took it as like a, the movie does like a double take on you or a double play where it's this when he gets to the backyard Manny stops existing pretty much he stops living he's just a corpse then Mm -hmm. and then you know then it becomes a situation of no it was real now no it's clearly fake because manny is no longer reacting to anything then the end it's like oh no this was real or at least parts of it were real because we see the evidence of like the bus and everything which i guess that could have happened also um but like then we see him head off into the ocean and we Mm -hmm. see other people reacting because i feel like if the body just washed away they wouldn't be like oh no they'd like go and try and save it right because like why would you approach something unless you're worried it might have agency so like that's that's my take on it at least is that he did it was real and it was kind of Manny's way of saying like, I will reveal myself to give you one last boost of confidence because people need to know who the true you is. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. I can get behind that. Yeah. But overall, this was just, this was just a fun movie. This was just yeah. a good time. Loved it. Uh, we'll definitely return to it. Uh, this might be something that, you know, I, I, after COVID is all over, maybe it's like, I don't know, this, this would definitely be like an awkward first date movie um, to be like, hey, 
I got a movie about love and finding yourself. It's called Swiss Army Man. It stars Daniel Radcliffe, and that's all I'm going to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, wow. But, But yeah, just... Also, I've I've not seen many Paul Dano movies, and he is so good. Yeah, so so good. The only other one I can think of at, off the top of my head that I've seen him in is Prisoners. Hmm. I know. So looking at what he's done, he was in. I did see Okja. Okay, he was in Okja. He was twelve years. He was in Twelve Years a Slave. Huh. He was in Looper. Oh, he was? I don't remember him in Looper. Yeah. His, oh, wow. His uh, his career started off rough looking at Rotten Tomatoes. It's mm-hmm. all, like, below 50%. But then after um, Looper, it just got better and better and better. <laughs> <laughs> and he's actually going to be in the new uh, upcoming Batman movie. That's right. Um, uh, sorry, he's going to be in The Batman um, <laughs> where he'll be playing Edward Nashton who we don't know who that is. We could assume who that is but this is a podcast about Cesare Man and not speculating about The Batman. But we can both say we are both sufficiently excited to see The Batman. Oh yeah. That's going to be ooh, That's an understatement. Oh, I'm yes. so excited. Oh. Uh, oh, here's a fun fact. Uh, Paul Dano was in a movie called Weapons. Uh, in 2007. And it has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, jeez. And a 55% audience score. Oh, my goodness. Yikes. That's bad. Yeah. It's, it's Paul Dano and Nick Cannon. Interesting. Ugh. Interesting. Huh. Oh, man. Poor Paul Dano. So that is his lowest rated movie, but his highest rated movie is 12 Years a Slave. Now I'm curious to see Daniel Radcliffe's record here. <laughs> uh, his lowest grossing movie was... Is it The Woman uh, in Black? Or Frankenstein, no. Frankenstein, or Frankenstein, uh, Playmobil the movie. Oh, don't even know that one. <laughs> yeah, so remember Playmobil? Remember those toys? When you were younger, they're they're kind of like Legos, but they're more like detailed. Oh yes, I do. Uh, oh, that's made... right. That's right. Wasn't Jason Sudeikis or something in that? Uh, it was the cast was. Daniel Radcliffe. Or Will. Yeah. Uh, Jim Gaffigan. Keenan Thompson. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe, Adam Lambert, Anya Taylor Joy, Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're going after that Lego movie money. (laughs) But apparently it was so poorly advertised. uh, So that was, was rough. 18%. Yeah, his highest rated movie is uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part 2 which guess guess the Rotten Tomatoes rating on this movie I would not think it's this high how high do you think Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part 2 
All right. Well, now you're telling me that it's high. So I'm going to guess 94. You were two away. 96. Wow. 96. 96%. The audience score is lower than the critics score. 89% audience. 96 uh, critics. Wow. That's interesting. I wonder how often that happens for a franchise movie or a blockbuster. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, all the audience, like all the reviews are like, it's an epic grand finale. This is the the way to do it. This is how you finish off a movie series. (laughs) Wow. Very good. Good for you. Uh, Now, so this this was a fun one. This was goofy. Um... But what? It, but it also had those, its moments. It was it was dramatic. It was emotional. Mm-hmm. So, do you have any final thoughts on this movie before we wrap up our review? Hmm. Any final thoughts? Oh, just that it's 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 so heartfelt and so so freaking funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so freaking funny! Oh my gosh. Yeah, this is this is. I don't want to say the perfect comedy because, in my opinion, it's not. But it's it's pretty damn close to a perfect comedy. Because it it starts off with just silly, irreverent. It also bounces around. It starts off with a man about to kill himself. Then we have a farting corpse. Then we have the man riding the farting corpse with a jet ski, and then it devolves into this journey of self discovery with these beautifully shot comedic moments along the way. And just, it's just a fun time. Yeah. Okay. I have a question for you. Hmm. Which is funnier, this movie or Life Aquatic? Oh, this movie, this movie. Yeah. Without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, Life Aquatic is funny. I would say Life Aquatic is more dramatic than it is. I would say Life Aquatic is a is another journey of discovering who you are and the self-discovery um, that has, it is a drama draped in a comedy or draped, how do I describe this? My analogy is working in my head. It, this is a drama wearing, Life Aquatic is a drama wearing the suit of a comedy. Yeah. And Swiss Army Man is a comedy wearing the suit of a drama. Okay. At, I think at the core of Life Aquatic, it is a drama with comedic, like a lot of comedic elements to it. And yeah. Swiss Army Man is a comedy with a lot of very heartfelt, dramatic moments to it. Okay. So, because even though we have this big dramatic ending and the tone definitely shifts once we leave the woods and enter this kind of suburban uh, environment, it still ends with Daniel Radcliffe's goofy, rigor mortis face smiling as he farts his way into the ocean. Like, the movie still ends in a really weird, goofy way, but it's also still heartfelt. Yes. So, yeah. So, as is customary on Double A Cinema Cast, uh, out, of, out of 10... Oh man, out of 10, oh, what is a good one to do here? Hmm. 
dead bodies. <laughs> out of ten farting corpses. <laughs> uh, yeah, out of out of ten ten farting corpses, what would you give this one? Ooh, I would give this a solid eight out of ten. I agree. Give it eight out of ten. I think it again. I think that where it there were a few slow moments in this movie for me. Um, but overall, it was still really fun. I, we didn't talk about it that much in the review, but there's one scene in particular that we texted about, um, talking about this before we recorded that I thought was hysterical, where they're talking about, um, so Paul Dano or Hank's going on about how he doesn't masturbate that much anymore uh, <laughs> because he got caught and it was something with his mom. Well, his dad first told him that you lose your life force when you masturbate. That's, and that's, that's right. The ma- male life expectancy is less than women's. And so then he stopped and was freaked out about it. And he told his mom and his mom <laughs> said, he was like, I was 11 and she was 40. And she said that if I masturbated enough, then, then I could catch up to her. And right. she died shortly after that. Yeah. Oh my and gosh. Manny goes, yeah. so you think of your mom when you masturbate? <laughs> and he's like, no, that's not, well, yeah, but no. And love Manny, oh, when yeah. I masturbate, I'll think of your mom. So then it's not weird. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, don't think about my mom. Oh my God. Yeah. This, so like moments like that, but then you have lines like at the end where he's talking to Sarah and he's like, I drew the pictures because you were happy and I wasn't. And it's like, gut punch of lines. But then you have that whole scene of like the masturbation joke where it's like, I'll think of your mom. But like, uh, so well done. But it just, it goes to show like it, it, how lonely he is and how he became kind of an outcast because he's he basically says that he told his peer group and then they yeah. basically ostracized him. And yeah. then you get things like it sounds like his dad was pretty harsh because there's that part where he's trying to get Manny to talk and he goes he says something about like oh like if you talk like that no one will be able to hear you you'll you'll sound retarded he's like I sound like my dad it's like no no don't yeah. say never say that yeah like don't say that word don't say that word and then yeah. his dad shows up at the end and he mentions the hand like oh you're acting you know and then he's like don't say that word. And it's it's right. not like out of anger. It's almost out of just like like recognizing the damage that word has done. Of just kind of like, no, dude, stop. No, it's like him getting his own agency. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is so good. This was such a fun movie. It was. Well, well, this has been another episode of Billy Cinema Cast. Uh, as, as you might have noticed, the pandemic and quarantine, it's got us all, all feeling wacky and there's been no consistency. Um, but we, we appreciate those of you who do return every week and do listen to every episode. Um, uh, we really appreciate it. Um, so thank you for listening to another episode of Double A, the Cinema Cast. Noise! <laughs>